from colleague to Matt Caller, I believe I'm pronouncing yes, that right, yeah, yeah, from yes. Vikings Insider, purpleinsider.com. What's up, Matt? Hey, what's going on? Uh, also, I'm a community college guy, so shout out to all those people who went to community <laughs> college community and college. saved all that money and took the same courses, I'm just saying. I failed out of community college, so do I get a fire for that? You know, no. There you go. Shout no. out to Kingsborough Community College in Brooklyn, where I uh, paid for a year of school and didn't go to class. That was a brilliant move by me. At, the age at least of, you didn't uh, pay that much. Yeah, all right. Not uncommon amongst community college students, but uh, nowadays you got good community colleges here with Lorraine County Community College, which I see. Not like the scrubby one I went to. All right, we, we, we appreciate it. Let, let, let's talk. Let's talk about a couple of uh, former Vikings now who are on the Browns. Uh, and, and the Browns acquired two of them now. But let's start with Dalvin Tomlinson, who came first, uh, to, which was really the most important need for the Browns because they had nothing in defensive tackle. How good, do you, how good was he in Minnesota, and how good do you expect him to be here? Yeah, I think that a good way to demonstrate that is that uh, at the Combine, Kwesi Adafo Mensa stood up there and said, basically, please come back to us, Delvin Tomlinson. We really want you back. Uh, and, uh, of course, you know, he ended up getting more money than the Vikings could afford. But, you know, I think what's interesting about Delvin Tomlinson is when the Vikings initially signed him, they did it because they knew they really needed a run stuffer and they needed someone with a great track record of, you know, taking up two blockers and things like that. And what they found was a guy who was still getting better into his second contract and actually really improved his ability to get after the passer. Now, this is not somebody who's going to rack up, you know, 10 sacks from the defensive tackle position, but as a pocket pusher, as a guy who can create pressure, he is really, I think, improved over the years. And I think that says something about him, but he's one of the most intelligent players you're ever going to be around. One of the most beloved in the locker room and a guy who's going to do his job on a very consistent basis. He's somebody that you have to actually go back and watch the all 22 to see it. And you have to focus on him because if you're just sitting at home on your couch and watching the ball, then you're probably going to miss a lot of the things that a defensive tackle does, but he could play right over the center. He could play in the three technique. He could play first, second, third down if you want him to. I mean, I, I think he's worth what they pay that he's a really excellent player. And if the Vikings would have uh, had it their way, he would have signed back here. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I would, I don't understand. This is this goes to I, I guess the way you construct the defense. When I look at the what the uh, the Vikings had, I mean, you you had Zedaria Smith, you you had Dalvin Tomlinson. How was their defensive front? How was the defense in general so bad? And you even had Hunter, Daniel Hunter over there. What like was it? Was it the just scheme? Was it the coach? How how did that happen? Because in a lot of ways, we were trying to figure out whether it was our defensive line here or was it the coaching that really caused us to be so terrible? Yeah, that and that's always the question, right? Like, is it the players or is it the play calls or is it the general scheme or what might it be? And it was a horrific defense. I mean, even when you go back and look at some of the quarterbacks that lit them up, Mac Jones had the best day of his career. Mike White went bananas against them. I mean, it wasn't, wow. and, and Daniel Jones got all that money just because of the Minnesota Vikings, but it truly had nothing to do with Delvin Tomlinson <laughs> or Zedarius Smith. Those guys did their job. I mean, I, I thought Tomlinson was one of their better players last year and Zedarius Smith double digit sacks, top five in pressures. And uh, the same with uh, Daniel Hunter, who was also top 10 in pressures and double digit sacks. But if you can't cover anybody, 
you're going to get lit up in this league. I mean, because you're only pressuring the quarterback at best, what, three out of 10 snaps, four out of 10 snaps, getting one, two, three sacks a game, unless you're a really, truly dominant defense. So if you can't cover anybody, you're going to have a lot of problems. And that was really what it was last year. They were playing a replacement level nickel corner who just got attacked all the time. They completely switched their defensive scheme, but still had holdovers from the last scheme. And I don't think that that went very well, particularly Eric Hendricks. Kendricks is a great player. And yet last year, he was kind of a replacement level player by the way that he produced. And I don't think that he suddenly fell off skill wise or intelligence wise. I think he just really didn't fit with what they wanted to do schematically. And they fired their defensive coordinator for a reason. I don't think it was just because uh, the numbers that they put up. I think it was also because they felt that he wasn't anywhere near aggressive enough, that they didn't blitz enough, which is why they've brought in Brian Flores. But I also think that it comes down to Cam Dantzler didn't work out as a corner for them. Shannon Sullivan didn't. They drafted a safety in the first round who basically didn't play. They drafted a corner in the second round who basically didn't play. Mm. I mean, I think it had a lot more to do with just the coverage unit than it did uh, the defensive line. Matt, Albert Breer was on a, another program in the city, uh, I believe two days ago, and was asked about Zadarius Smith, and he referenced he could be a Jadavian Clowney 2.0 in terms of his locker room presence and attitude. Knowing what you know about Zadarius Smith and his time in Minnesota, did you ever hear any rumblings about him not being, you know, an upstanding guy in the locker room or have any character issues like that? Yeah, I don't know that I would say not upstanding. I think what I would say is uh, maybe beats to, walks to the beat of his own drum uh, could be that kind of thing. And and maybe also, and it's it's hard to make too many character assessments on on guys because I I don't know him deeply in fact he would have had to show up in the locker room occasionally for me to get to know him but he never did uh, he was never around i mean so we talked to him i think once in training camp and once before the playoff game and i don't remember him doing any media in between that point and i think it got to the point where we as a beat had to like go kind of to the league and say because players are supposed to be available every week we're usually pretty lax on that if a guy's not around for a few weeks, but if he's not around for the full season, I think that's the only way we actually got him to talk. So he wasn't around really at all and wanted nothing to do with media. He wasn't going to be dapping up any uh, reporters in the locker room. And I also think that the Vikings expected he was going to be back this year. I think that they found out when everybody else did that he was leaving Minnesota when he suddenly tweeted something like, goodbye, thanks for the memories. Like, uh, okay, I guess Zedarius isn't coming back. And I think that they thought that he was happy with his contract after signing a two-year deal. Like, why did you sign a two-year deal if you only wanted a one-year deal? But from his perspective, if you put up the numbers that he put up last year and you look at what you're making cash wise and what other people are making cash wise, you kind of get it right. He was going to be underpaid and the Vikings had no cap space to do anything in terms of flexibility to give him more cash, which he deserves. So is there kind of an aloofness to him? Maybe I think it's maybe more of a, some guys see themselves as independent contractors. I'm here to do my job and get my contract. And I think that's okay. I, I don't know what Jadavian Clowney was like, but I think that that's kind of how Zedarius views his career is like, this is what I get paid for and I'm going to get every dollar I can. And I don't really care where I play. Yeah. I, I think uh, Jadavian Clowney had that. Now Jadavian, uh, he went and told the team allegedly uh, that he was only going to play on certain downs and distances. So that may be, uh, a, you know, a step too far as far as being an independent contractor. 
But, you know, let's, let's talk about Zadarius Smith. And, um, yes, he, he is a very good contractor to what he brings to the table, uh, if healthy. I mean, I, I said this earlier. I said uh, even when you look at Jadavion Clowney and Zadarius Smith, Zadarius Smith has way more uh, 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 he has better traits uh, as a pass rusher than a guy who uh, who may be more athletic. Uh, when you look at his bend, when you look at him being able to turn and him being able to rush inside a little bit more, a um, little more functional power when he's transitioning to the quarterback. I said that Darius Smith probably is the best pass rusher Miles Garrett has played with. Do you disagree with that? No, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, uh, I would have loved to have had more conversations with him about his pass rush in the locker room, but I have no, <laughs> I have, I have very little negative to say about Zadarius Smith as a, as a player. I have a ton of respect for what he does. I, the thing about him is he is one of the most powerful rushers you're ever going to come across. So he can take tackles and drive them back into the quarterback. And when they put him over a guard or over a center in a pass rushing situation, it is a complete mismatch, which usually is because of speed. But with him, it's actually because of power and also a very, very technical player. I mean, he's great with his hands, super powerful hands, but also has a lot of pass rush moves in his tool bag that he's developed over the years he is a guy that would prefer I think to play every single snap I, he, he was not a guy that was looking to the sideline when are you going to take me out uh, and only wanting to play in certain downs or something like that I mean this this guy played the whole second half of the year through a knee injury it hurt his production but I also think he didn't want to miss any weeks he didn't want to miss any time and it wasn't technically a contract year so I think he was really just that's a, the type of player he is he's an intense competitor down in and down out he's terrifying for the defense and the biggest thing to me is the guy's football iq he knows how to rush from all sorts of different positions there are a lot of guys who are only comfortable on my side this is what i do daniel hunter they've tried to move him around a little it's like nope you can't do that he's only going to rush off that left end but with zadarius smith the quarterback comes to the line of scrimmage and he does not know where zadarius smith is going to be and he's effective from all those different places so i mean as far as an actual player i mean he might be the independent contractor type but he fulfills that contract i think everybody who has lost zadarius smith wanted zadarius smith to still be there <laughs> hey matt you know he comes over with dalvin tomlinson and Chemistry along the defensive line between two different pass rushers is a, is a big deal. So the Browns getting two guys who have worked together in Tomlinson and Smith should help them assimilate into this new Jim Schwartz defense. When you look from a, I'm going to ask you from an outsider's perspective now looking at the Browns. So Darius Smith, Dalvin Tomlinson, Miles Garrett, they signed Oboa Quancro with some other guys they've drafted. I know it's kind of similar to that Minnesota defensive line with Garrett swapping out for Dino Hunter, who's also an elite pass rusher, but how do you block those guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that what you have here is versatility with those players that you sign as well. I mean, because with Delvin Tomlinson, uh, we don't really think of interior fat guys as being versatile, right? We kind of think of them as just, hey, be in the middle, be Ted Washington, stuff some giant blocks in there and you'll be good and, and make sure they don't run for more than two yards every play. But that's not who Delvin Tomlinson is. He's not this big giant fat guy who can only do one thing 
he can line up at three technique. In fact, he had the different roles from different years with the Vikings. They switched from a four, three to a three, four base system. So he was playing three technique at one point with Michael Pierce over the nose. And then last year he was playing more over the nose and uh, sometimes, you know, playing mixing and matching with uh, Harrison Phillips. So I think that gives you a lot of different things that you can do with him for how you're setting up your defensive line. And then with Zadarius Smith, you can put extra edge rushers on the field and put him at linebacker pretty much whenever you want because he's capable of doing that. Now, I, I wouldn't want him playing in coverage too often, but uh, that's not anything anybody's going to do unless they're insane. But I mean, rushing from a lot of different spots, I, I think that if you're an opposing offense, it's not just about blocking, well, this guy's good and this guy's good and this guy's good, but it's also blocking how are they going to look on third down, where is this guy going to line up? And you can really load up. He allows you to bring somebody else off of the bench and put them at their premium position, which might be on the outside as well. And the Vikings didn't really have anybody who could take advantage of that last year. They had some young guys that they drafted, Patrick Jones, DJ Wanham. They got a handful of sacks combined. But if you have somebody who's actually good, who's coming off the bench and rotating, I think yeah. it gives you a ton of different options to use Zedarius Smith in a lot of ways. And he is totally comfortable doing that however and whenever you want him to do it. Matt, on, on June 2nd, is Dalvin Cook still on the Vikings? Uh, yeah, probably not. Uh, no, I'm going to, I would say no. Yeah. I mean, everything that they've done has pointed to Delvin cook, not being on the Vikings. I mean, it was only a couple of days into, uh, the free agency period where Alexander Madison resigned. And if you're Alexander Madison and you've sat behind Delvin cook for four years, waiting your turn, uh, I don't think that you're signing back that quickly unless they told you you're the guy. Because, the, I mean, this poor guy, he's a good football player, and he's just had to sit there and sit there and sit there. And the only time he's ever gotten his opportunities is when Delvin Cook is out. They didn't even use him as a rotational back very often. And I actually think that he did some things like catching the football and pass blocking a little better than Delvin Cook. But this team has been obsessed with Delvin Cook pretty much since he got here, which I understand. It's just that they would never rotate anybody else. So I think that he's got to be desperate to get his opportunity to show he could be a bell cow back. And he would have gone looking anywhere else if he didn't think he was going to get that opportunity. And then just to kind of solidify it, they draft a guy, Dwayne McBride. It was the seventh round, but the way that they talked about him was not like you would ever talk about a seventh round pick. Uh, they think that he has potential to be a significant player for this team. They drafted Ty Chandler last year in the fifth round. They drafted Kenny Wongwu two years ago. Like they've been preparing for this. They're throwing numbers at it. And when you look at the cap situation, they're, Still, even after moving Zadarius Smith, pretty short on cap space. They could use it to sign another pass rusher. They could use it to even just, uh, you know, when they're going to do extensions for TJ Hawkinson or Justin Jefferson or Daniil Hunter, spread some of that money out into 2023. So they still need, uh, you know, more cap space. And I think that moving on from Delvin Cook is the right way to go. And plus, if you have an analytics GM, you can't be keeping a 12 or $14 million running back who's 28 years old, right? That just goes against everything you're supposed to believe in. Interesting. Matt, how long have you been covering the Vikings, just out of curiosity? Uh, 2016 was my first year. So you were there for quite a while when Kevin Stefanski was the offensive coordinator. In your opinion, what would you what's, – what's your take on Stefanski as an offensive creator and a play caller? 
Yeah, I mean, Kevin Stefanski, I think all of us who covered the team uh, thought that he should have been the offensive coordinator in 2018 for the Vikings when they instead went with John Filippo and uh, missed the playoffs that year with a lot of, you know, battling between him and, and Mike Zimmer. Um, Kevin Stefanski, to me, is like Gary Kubiak reincarnated. When 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 Gary was here, although Gary's still alive, so I don't know if that's possible. But uh, when when Gary Kubiak was here, and you know the legend of Gary Kubiak. I mean, the guy was around forever with the Broncos. He made the Texans relevant, which is not an easy thing to do, and uh, won the Super Bowl with the Broncos when he came back to them. And, and so, you know, his resume. And I think that those two had so much in common. They had great synergy. They really saw the game the same way. The zone running scheme, the play action bootlegs off of that, using a lot of things that look the same, but having them actually be different. His screen game when he was here was absolutely brilliant. And I also think that the way that Kevin Stefanski got along with players and a very cantankerous coach, which not every offensive coordinator got along with, trust me, (laughs) um, I, I thought that his patience for dealing with people would make him a good head coach. And I know that it's been kind of an up and down, a, a rocky ride there um, in Cleveland at times for him. But I've always had a very, very high opinion of him as an offensive mind and as a personality, as someone that really knows how to deal well with people. Matt, great insight. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate you, bro. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you, man. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, take care. Have a good one. He knows the team really well, obviously. He dropped some names I've never heard of. Some yeah. like the guys <laughs> yeah, they drafted in the backup, the second, third round. And gave you some great yeah. insight on, on the Browns players that they've acquired from Minnesota. Juan Thornhill. Speaking of Browns players. Yeah, we got to get into this. But first, Anthony, tell yeah, me Yeah, guys, something. I just want to remind everybody that you can all see your favorite golf legends play in the College Companies Championship July 12th through the 16th at the famous Firestone Country Club. Fun, family-friendly events all week long featuring a new fan zone experience, free attendance for kids, and concerts every night. There's something for everyone. Learn more at colleaguegolf.com. And since we're still talking football, I just want to remind you guys that the USFL is going on. You guys can get great seats starting at just $10. They've got T-shirts, rally towels. Buy your tickets today at usfl.com. Speaking of the USFL, real quick before we get to Juan Thornhill, um, yesterday I was out at uh, T3 which is a great facility out in Avon. Is that the, the hitting facility, Aaron? Well, through? yeah, that's where I take Aaron for – he's been doing he, hitting and fielding practice for a while. But yesterday I took him for a, with a new coach for pitching for the first time. And the, and the coach, Zach, did, had a really interesting way of uh, kind of teaching pitching. I thought it was fascinating. But anyway, they, all, they also train football. They were doing some football training there. So it's all a really good facility. And they're actually opening a new uh, – a, a, another facility right next door uh, to do basketball and volleyball too. But anyway, it's a great place. And um, a lot of, if you're a diehard Cleveland sports fan, you may remember this name I'm going to mention because I ran into him there yesterday because he works there. Well, first of all, Mike D'Andrea is the owner of T3, who was a a legend in high school and played at Ohio State, dealt with injuries. Uh, But another guy who works there is a guy named Colin Taylor. So for those who don't know, Colin Taylor played football at Indiana. But then he was one of the, I don't know if you remember this, G, he was one of the, the wide receivers on the Cleveland Gladiators. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, I do remember Cleveland got he here. He was a white receiver. They, they've been gone for, what, since 18? Yeah, I can't remember how many years it's been. Probably, but, but probably they 18, were, 19. Yeah, 18, yeah. But not. remember, they played for the championship that yep. one year. Yep. It was in Cleveland yep. against the team from uh, Phoenix. Uh-huh. And the place was packed. It was at, you know, the Cavs Arena. Yep. Packed. I was at that game. It was awesome. Was it anyway, Arena League? Yeah. Arena League, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
Uh, Colin Taylor was one of the really good players. His great team. Uh, Quentin Sims was another wide receiver. I actually know Quentin a little bit because my son and his son were good friends. They actually moved out of town. But uh, Colin, I ran into him yesterday. He now works at T3. Great dude. I did some play-by-play for the Gladiators mm-hmm. uh, one season when their reporter was uh, traveling with the minor league hockey team because they had gone to the finals in hockey. So I got a chance to do a bunch of games. And Colin was a really awesome dude. And he's uh, he just told me yesterday he's getting married in a few months. So congratulations to Colin Taylor. And if you, you know, anyway, so, uh, and, 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 and T3 is a great place. So just wanted to mention that real quick. Now, Juan Thornhill. So yesterday we talked on the show about the fact that Juan Thornhill was complaining about there's a lot of negativity. He doesn't like it. Nothing that happened before last year doesn't matter. We responded and talked about how, hey, you know, it does matter. It matters to us. It matters to people like G who've been having to deal with crappy football for 30 years and fans that have been watching this team suck forever. We get it that Juan Thornhill wants to come in here and wants to, and we hope he does it. But until that happens, you can't blame some people from being a little skeptical. Yeah. And you guys posted a video of me, my comments on this, and Juan Thornhill retweeted it, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, today, I put out a, cause a couple of people were, like, complaining about my comments. And so I, you know, they were like, you know, who can't, you know, they're going to be good and this and that or whatever. So I said, um, I responded, uh, you know, at this guy, Alex, on Twitter said, this, uh, funny how the original tweet did, blah, blah, he's trying to change the narrative around here. My response to that was, a player talking doesn't change shit. You want to change the narrative? Win some effing games. Is that fair? Like, a player can come in here. Lo- Again, I love Juan Thornhill's attitude. It's all good. And I told him that because I did respond. He responded to me, and I responded we're to get, him. We're getting there. So, but, like, ultimately, all the talking in the world is meaningless. If you don't win, it doesn't matter. So, if they win, that's going to change the narrative about the Browns. And not just get to the playoffs, but once you – like, the Bengals, when they made the, the – even the Super Bowl – Last year, there were a lot of people thought the Bengals would go backwards because they didn't have any track record of consistent success. Mm-hmm. Winning one year is one thing. Consistent success, that's another thing. Yes. That's a good, that's, you've got to be a, a decent franchise to consistently win. So that's what the Browns got to do. That's the only way you really change the narrative. Right. Right. So I, that, so I thought my statement was fair. So Juan Thornhill responded to what I said, which I love. Do we well, have the tweet, Anthony? And this tweet. is what Juan Thornhill said in response to my tweet. He said, I'll keep my comment to myself, thumbs up emoji, but we hear you. Now, I, 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 don't, I don't know what his comment was going to be. It doesn't sound like he's being, he don't sound pissed off to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm misreading it. He pissed off? I can't tell if that's passive aggressive or not. No, he said, I ain't going to say what I'm going to say, but, you know, say thumbs up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not going, I'm not going to be Twitter thumbing. Yeah. I'm not going to be Twitter thumbing. We hear what you're saying. Yeah. All right. So, so I responded. All right, I wrote this to Juan Thornhill. This is what I tweeted. I don't know if you have my tweet. You have it or no? Uh, I can go grab it real quick, but if you want to read it. Sorry, so this is what I said. Hey, Juan, I love your passion and energy. Glad you wanted to turn. Glad you want to turn it around here. I believe you guys, the Browns, have a chance to be really good. But you can't expect people that have been watching crappy football for so many years to not want a team to prove it on the field before you get total buy-in. That's what I said there. Yeah. I went on to say, you know, it's a long tweet. My second paragraph there was... He pays that, for Twitter blue so he can tweet that long. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, I said, that being said, love the interaction here 
and you have an open invite to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show to try to shut up the doubters. Most fun show in Cleveland. Facts. So, we lo- listen, Juan Thornhill, you want to come in? You want to yell at me? You want to tell me I'm an idiot? Whatever you want to do. Open invitation. I'm rooting for you. I want you to have great success. But the talking don't matter. All that matters is winning on the field. But open invitation to Juan Thornhill. We'd love him to come in studio on uh, on the, whatever. He's got to be at his house, whatever he wants to do. Change the, If he wants to change the narrative with talking, which you can't really do, but he wants to do it here, go for it. And, well, has there been further we'll response? Cue that clip. We'll tweet it out on him. Make sure it's it's out there. So uh, take a note. It was 12, 25, 26-ish. And, and since we, we talked. So this is a lame response. Sorry, G, but this guy, some random dude on Twitter is like, maybe from his perspective, he wonders why Cleveland fans don't seem to appreciate they still have a team. That's the most absurd, idiotic response. What, people are supposed to kiss the Browns' ass and the Browns' players' asses just because they have a team? Of course they have a team. I don't like that. This city supports a team. They go to games. They buy the stupid jerseys. They do all this stuff despite the fact the team has been unworthy and unwatchable for most of the last three decades. And and furthermore, here's what we're going to do. Because I don't really be involved in it. I'm just looking around. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, what we're not going to do is we're not going to take time to jump on on these these lines and jump on people's timelines. I don't know who this guy is. Uh, Sarge BKM at G Bush is bull your boss. Are you his water boy? He baits you every day and you kowtow every time. I know it it won't matter, but I am so done with you. (laughs) I hope others follow uh, others follow me. It's about platform um, and uh, I don't know what that said, my brother. Well, let me tell you, my brother, you can't gaslight G. Bush. See, here's the thing, bro. <laughs> Just because you black and I'm black don't mean we come from the same area. And, and, and as uh, one uh, Stephen A. Smith said, listen, I disagree with everybody, and I disagree when it counts. I don't see y'all calling out Roger Goodell in the NFL. I don't see y'all calling out. Listen, I done had arguments with people that really can get you up out of here. How many times you didn't had them conversations? So when I say something, I stand on it ten toes from nothing. I came from nothing. I came from sleeping on couches, telling people what I think. At the end of the day, Bull stand on his word. Jay stand on his word. McNuggets stand on. Ain't nobody up in the UCSS. We had conversations. Ain't nobody. Everybody in here has got their own opinion. No, if it's from the from the directors to the producers, we had conversations. Ain't nobody over no nobody. And yeah. what y'all got to understand here in sports is sometimes somebody gonna have an opinion about something. That's that man's opinion. If you got a problem with that man's opinion, go talk to him. Or maybe you should have a conversation with him and, 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 and verbally joust and do some things. At the end of the day, our job here is to tell you what we think and to give you the, the, the tone of certain things. Juan Thorhill, shout out to you, my brother. We like the energy you bring in from the Kansas City Chiefs. You know why? Because you guys winning championships over there. We want that same energy over here. But sometimes you got to realize that, that, that you might be used to filet mignon and we've been dealing with hamburger helper. So yeah. it's two different levels to it, yeah. McNugget. So like you, you can't come with, with that energy and expect everybody to be on. But like Bull said, if y'all come win games, 
You ain't no disrespect to Kansas City. You never gonna have a better fan base than you got right here. That's right. Ask LeBron James. He broke the scoring record in LA. If he tell you to a man, he wish he probably broke that scoring record here because we gonna support you. We gonna ride with you. It's a feeling you get when you ride through the Muni lot. Ain't no Muni lot in Kansas City. <laughs> ain't no Muni lot. Ain't nobody. You ain't gonna see one in 15 over 16 and you still got thousands of people supporting you like that. No disrespect to no other fan base is the best fan base in the world because they're going to come, come mess with you and they're going to genuinely show you love no matter if you win or lose. And that's why I advocate so hard for them because they deserve better. They deserve more. So if it's between the players or the, or the guys, at the end of the day, the Browns uniforms is going to last forever. That That's going to be here. So I, I represent the brand. I'm going to be gone. One day you'll be gone. One day McNuggets will be gone. And they'll still be talking about the Browns in the Muni lot. So at the end of the day, that's what I support. And if you get on the bandwagon, I'm sure they'll support you too. Two points. One to your point about do we ever think – we're going to do a segment in a second on some Jared Allen trades. And I'm going to show you what oh, wait, Anthony so said. That yet, no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm not done. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm going to show you what Anthony said. I'm going to show you what Earl said. I'm going to show you what G sent in. They could not be more wrong. Yeah. Like, like, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling y'all right now, like, but guess what? This is a platform where if you want to present an idea and back it up and I see Earl laughing, he's going to try telling me they need Kevin Porter Jr. And I'm going to try telling him, get the hell out of here. But that is why this platform works. To your point on Juan Thornhill and to what G just said, sometimes two people could be right at the same time, even if they're coming out from different perspectives. Juan Thornhill can say, I don't like the negativity. And that's cool. And we... I honestly don't. Or as you guys say, show, there's not a lot of negativity right no, now. No, no, no. And, anyway, and, and Browns fans, and yeah, I'll, I'll use G as the diehard, you know, yeah. born and raised in Cleveland Browns fan, can say, I've spent 41 years of my life watching pretty crappy football, so <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to jump on. Now, he's a Duke and Egypt. And sometimes I'm a Duke and he, Sometimes he yeah. does jump the gun, but it's fair for him to say, I'm not ready to fully buy until I see this team win. So I think in this instance, and I hope, Juan, come on in, dude. Like, I know my sister lived in Charlottesville for a few years. You went to University of Virginia. We'll talk about the Citizen Burger, best burger in Virginia, by the way. Come on in. We'll pull up a chair whenever you want. You're not the first pitch of the Guardians game next week. Maybe you should come in before then. Love to have you in. But I think Juan has a point, and I think what you said is totally valid. I think both are absolutely right at the same time, even though you may be coming at it from different perspectives. And let me just say something so, to this Sarge character, and, and he's a veteran, so I, I give him major props for that. And because I wasn't gutsy enough to go in the military. And I appreciate that he watches the show. And you say you're not going to watch because you're annoyed at me or whatever. You're going to still watch because if you weren't going to watch, you wouldn't you wouldn't tweet at the show. But I got to say that your comments are way out of line. Uh, your comments to G are, are, I think, embarrassing. You should be ashamed of yourself for those comments because nobody's anybody's boss here. Even the actual bosses are not real bosses. Steve Becker's the executive producer of the show. We bust his balls all the time. Nobody's <laughs> bossing anybody around here, okay? We and and by the way, G and I have had plenty of debates and arguments about about sports, God. but we got love for each other and we're friends and and that's all that matters and and uh, this idea that he wouldn't argue with me cuz uh, he's got to carry my water, whatever stupid thing you said, is the most idiotic thing. First of all, if anybody didn't argue with me on this show because they were afraid or whatever, which I know is absurd, I'd be <laughs> pissed about it. If you disagree, we want argument. Yeah. We love having arguments here. So, But there is no argument. Deshaun Watson played poorly last year. I don't know what this guy wants. That's when the whole thing started with this guy because he was mad that I said, he says, I you said Deshaun Watson was bad with no proof. The whole... It's all six games with proof. <laughs> what are you talking about? We started the whole show. Speaking of just random arguments, hey, yeah. 
the picture you sent us of Aaron this morning. Yeah. What was he wearing? He was, that's right. It's 10th birthday. He's rocking the, the barbershop. Barber yeah, it so is. So if you needed any proof that there's no bad blood between these two. <laughs> well, no, this no, guy wasn't he saying wants bad blood. He, he, he said, wants more bad blood. Said, no, 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 I know, but I'm just saying, like, there clearly is. That's your visual proof that there's no. another thing. Anthony carried the water around here. <laughs> it's true. That's Does not true. take my job away from me, Anthony G. does carry the water. Anthony carries the water. Um, yeah, Juan, anytime you want to pull up, seriously, we would love to have you. We Open invite, as Bull said. I'll, open yeah, invite. I promise you'll have some now. fun. He got Steve just tweeted now. WTF after I made that comment. <laughs> Steve did? Yeah. Steve doesn't tweet. Oh, he texted us. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to uh, say, uh, Sorry, not tweet. Steve doesn't tweet. Okay. I said, dang. Well, guys, guys, speaking of arguments, I'm going to remind everybody real quick that you can see your favorite golf legends play in the Great College Transit. Company Championship He's a pro. July yeah, 12th that, and July 16th at the famous Friarstone Country Club. Fun family Friendly events all week long featuring a new fan zone experience, free attendance for kids, concerts every night. There's something for everybody at colleague.com. But now we're getting into the real arguments of these trades. Mike, I, see Earl, I see Earl Earl's losing the back I see here. Earl laughing, I can't pronounce fun family friendly <laughs> events to save my life. Try to say it three times fast. Please. Yeah, let's do it. Fun family friendly events, fun family friendly events, fun family friendly events. He did it. Damn, Damn bro. That was tough. That was impressive. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I didn't think Man, you had Do you start, want to start us off with these trades, though? Yeah, okay. So Tell we, us about this. Yeah, so we, we talked on Tuesday. We did some potential 3 and D right. free agents for the Cavaliers, and Jason went through. Dave, Jason said of the three that I presented, which was uh, Malik Beasley, Dante DiVincenzo, and Georges Niang, that DiVincenzo was, in his opinion, their best option. But after that, and we're going to do next week, I got some, some feedback on that. We'll do some other free agent options potentially. We'll go through that next week. But afterwards, he was like, I don't care who they sign for a 3 and D. We got to trade Jared Allen. Yeah. So you give me a challenge. I'm going to go to the ESPN trade machine. It's one of my favorite places to spend a few hours on a random Tuesday afternoon. Okay. And I came up with some potential Jared Allen trades that met a couple criteria. One, it had to be successful on ESPN.com, which okay. is not the perfect trade machine concoctor, but at least it does the math for you. So I didn't have to right. do the math. So the numbers had to work out. Two, it had to be realistic. Like, we're not trading uh, Jared Allen to the Hawks when they have Clint Capella. So it couldn't be to a team that – I doesn't thought need doesn't need a center. Yeah. And three, it had to be something fair. So I didn't include picks. You could throw us a couple second-round picks in there if right, you right, wanted yeah. because they don't have any first-round picks to trade. But yeah. essentially, I came up with four that I thought were quasi-realistic. Uh, you guys tell me which one you like the best of the okay. four. And then G sent me one. Anthony sent me one and Earl sent me one. So we'll run through theirs to end. Are we, gonna, are, we should put up a poll who made the best, like, rank – well, I have, I have four. Who had the best offer? Who had the worst? I have four. And, oh, okay. and, four? And we should give a decision. Oh, in addition to your four. We should give so, so No, do, I'm just saying just between G, Anthony, oh, and Earl. Oh, yeah, between these three. So put a poll up. Who like, had the best, the best crazy one? Okay. Offer. So, and, the, and these had to get or some Or the return. most reasonable, not the best offer for the Cavs. Well, the none, of, none of these are reasonable. We're okay. Throw it out. None Fair of these enough. are even remotely Anthony's. Right. Anthony's is going to blow up. If y'all... Anthony is... Hold up. I'm going to piss off a lot of people with Anthony has never said anything controversial on the show. Y'all are going to be pissed off at Anthony about 10 okay. minutes. I'm telling y'all right now. Oh, I like All that. Right, here it is. Okay. So, the caveats. Money had to work. It had to yeah, go to course. a team that needed a center, and it had to bring something back to the Cavs that made them better, in my opinion. It had at least a fair trade. A fair trade, teams. yes. Which we'll see with theirs. Okay. Mm, fair, maybe out the window. But <laughs> trade number one. Anthony, you can take it full. Two trades with the Mavs. The first one. Send Jared uh, Allen to the Mavericks. Yeah. You get Tim Hardaway Jr., an equally priced I wing, and Theo, Theo Pinson, Pinson back. I think is a made-up name. <laughs> I think he was one uh, one of the kids on uh, uh, the Cosby Show. No, Theo, he, I have never heard of. Theo he's Pinson. only in there for the salary, so <laughs> okay. it's, it's essentially a Tim Hardaway Jr. for okay. Jared Allen. You throw 
He was their 13th man. He's a point guard, yeah. a backup guard, athletic. Yeah, but he makes 1.3 million and needed a little bit of salary okay. fix. So trade one, essentially a Jared Allen for Tim Hardaway Jr. swap to the Mavericks. Give me the, the give me the bullet points on Tim Hardaway Jr. The shooter. He can create a little bit of offense. Yeah. He's six five. He's not a great defender. Yeah. But he brings an element to this team of three what and did, D. What did he shoot from three? 39%. He's about a 40% for his career. And he averaged and what, about 15, 16 points per game. as a legit number three option in Dallas with Luka controlling the ball very often. Right. So he's used to playing without the ball. He's It's not my favorite of the ones. We'll get to my favorite okay. in a little bit. All but right. what do you think that was one that, that at least worked on paper. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a three-point shooter. The question my question is, can we get his dad in? How, <laughs> right, right. Can we get your pops? Yeah. How, how much better does it make? I, do, I think it does make them nominally better. Just a tick better offensively. Yeah. Obviously, they would get bit worse, a little bit worse defensively. Yes. Um. So I mean, I could see it, it, it's a move that says we're trying to do something. Yes. And all um, these moves. Just moving the deck chairs. Yeah. Around. All these moves. Yeah. Mean Evan Mobley will play the five with more shooting around them. Yeah. The, my end goal of this is Evan Mobley's now your five. You know, yeah. to the to that point. Sometimes you just got to shake things up. Yeah. Even if it doesn't seem. Yeah. I'm gonna make a ridiculous comparison right now. Okay. okay. My fantasy baseball team, <laughs> the pitching is terrible. My pitching has been a disaster. Okay. So I put a post up on my – I'm like, make me trades for my pitchers. I have to trade them. I have to trade three or four of my starting pitchers. I got to bro- blow it up. So I trade Aaron Nola the Phillies. has been a huge disappointment. Yep. So I traded him for a deal that on paper it's like, eh, did I get any better? I don't know. But I got to shake up the chemistry on my roster and start of the Cavs. <laughs> it's a terrible comparison, but anyway. Hey, I, was wait, I was waiting to say, did, 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 did you win or did you go in like a five-game winning streak? Too early to tell, right? yeah, too, too early, early to tell. Okay. We don't know about the chemistry yet. Trade number two is my favorite of the four. Right. It also involves the Mavs. But instead, we are sending Jared Allen and Dean Wade to Dallas and in return, getting Maxi Kleba, Reggie Bullock, and JaVale McGee back. If you guys aren't familiar. McGee and Bullock are older players, right? McGee's just your replaces Robin yeah, Lopez okay. essentially. Bullock is a guy who stands in the corner and shoots threes at a very high percentage. Okay. Average defender. He's not great, but he's definitely not a, an, an absolute negative. Okay. And Kleber's a stretch four who's a very good defender and a versatile defender. So then you get a Can stretch. He yes, he's a good stretch four. So you have a stretch why four would, to pair with. Why would the Mavs do this trade? They need a rim running pick and roll threat with Jared Allen. They have no center. Christian Wood, who played center for them this year. Yeah leaving in free agency. He said he's not resigning. So they, okay. they are in desperate need of a legitimate big. They tried the JaVale McGee experiment. It yeah. did not work this year. Allen's young enough, good enough defensively to anchor Upgrade. their defense. None of those guys are a true rim protector. Kleba's a switch so kind of roam four that would Bullock fit in. Is starting as your three for the Cavs? I think you get two starters out of that trade. I think Bullock starts at the three and as Kleber's, a floor spacer. Who does it? the four. Who do, yeah, neither of them need the ball offensively. They will stand in the corner and shoot three. So that gives you Mobley. All Garland right. Mitchell to run pick and rolls with and two shooters in the corner. And can McGee play a few minutes off the bench? He's your not? Robin Lopez. So, yeah. Is so, he's, play, better Ro- he's better than Robin Lopez. More useful than I, Robin I, I believe he's still better than Robin Lopez. I mean, that seems to make sense to me. I don't know. I like it. Yeah. I like the move. I like the way you, you explained it. You could get me You could get me two starters in there, uh, which if you get me two starters, that means I can drop a core off the bench. I can have Levert come in off the bench. Yeah. Um, you can still keep Jetty off the bench. Now Do we think Rubio is completely shot, or now a year past the surgery, could he still be? We'll, we'll I'm, fi- not, I'm not we'll, banking on we'll, it. We'll, okay. we'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Like we, you know, you, you, all you need is you need to figure out during the year which three or four guys, three guys that you can count on in the playoffs. If Rubio is one of them, cool. Yeah. If he's not, all right. If Alcoro is one of the guys because he can, he's developed some shooting. Okay, but. 
you know, if you get two starters, I, I ain't got a problem. And, and with that. one more piece in that trade: all three of those guys have played legitimate playoff minutes before. That's true. They all have been at least on a Western Conference Finals team, and McGee won a championship with right, the Lakers. Right, right. So okay. guys who have at least shown right. they're capable of playing the playoffs. I, I like that one the, you know, the most. That so is my favorite of the so four. I'll okay. be honest. Okay, trade three involves the San Antonio Spurs, who are going to draft Victor Wembanyama. Who is a seven-four center? However, by the way, you said they had nothing. They have Devin Vassell. He's a really good player, Vassell, isn't he? He's a second-year guy, though. Steve, pull the trade yeah. back up here, real quick. Right. So he's not nothing. And they got yeah. Keldon Johnson who scored twenty you points. Can form uh, the Buckeye. They do. So in this trade, you'd send Jared Allen to the Spurs. You get Doug McDermott, Ken Burch, and Malachi Bryant on back. Here's why I think it makes sense on both sides. One Banyama is seven-four. He's a center, yes, but defensively, I don't think you can count him to be a true center yet. Put yeah. him next to Jared Allen, the perfect role model for a young guy to that's, go in there. They have cap space, so they, they have $40 million in cap space. They could take a little money back in this deal. Yeah. Allen, servicely, he's, he's without a doubt a serviceable center. Is he an all-star? He was. Is he still? Yeah. I don't think so, but he's service, uh, certainly a serviceable center. In this trade back, you get Doug McDermott, who is a very, very capable stretch four. can play a little bit of the three, but he's more of a stretch four. He can actually come off screens, unlike... Uh, Maxi Kleber in the last one, you can run some sets for him. Yeah. Ken Birch is your backup big there. He's, uh, he's, he's not a, not a he's center. Stiff. He's a, but he's not a total well. stiff. He ain't a to- he's a stiff. When, he's, a, yeah. he's a stiff plus. When yes. Vassal was, was, was hurt? Or? Keldon Johnson got hurt, and he played for Johnson right. a little bit and at the end of the season. Really and he well. played pretty well. Yeah. So if you get a young guy back, it might be too much for San Antonio to give up. However, I do like the idea of San Antonio looking to get a veteran big to pair with one Banyama. So, and plus... Go. I could play Wimby. Wimby. I could play him at four. Right. And I don't. Offensively, he's a four. Defensively, he's a five. But but I don't. But I don't know if I want him banging down. Exactly. Exactly. Jared Allen would make a lot of sense for San Antonio. I spent a lot of time on this. They don't have like he's be their one guy who's not there. Yeah, and he don't got to run nothing for him. He's gonna tell you he'll be a rim protector. They got got Wimby who could shoot. They got Keldon Johnson who could shoot. Vassell who could shoot. And they just signed Devontae Graham as their point guard, who isn't great, but he can shoot. That's a, oh, I, I might like, I like that, that one. That trade too. So I'm not sure if San Antonio would do a, that. Like a player on the rise. Second, yeah, he was a rookie last year, yeah, so yeah, he's yeah. you know he's got some potential. Yeah, and he would fit in. Okay, my last trade I came up with, with the Thunder. Mm. Do you know no one on the Thunder averaged five rebounds a game last year? That's correct. Zero people on the Thunder. Yeah. Now they get Chet wow. Holmgren coming back in. He was off injury, but just like well, Wembenyama, right. Chet Holmgren weighs about a buck sixty-two, yep. soaking wet. I'm not sure if you're ready Almost. to have him be your true center which is where Jared Allen comes into play. <laughs> Lou Dort, he makes a lot of money. You can almost do that straight up, those two money-wise. He's a, a weird name. Well, it's yeah. it's Lugan Dort's Dort. Lou Dort being good at basketball. He's had a five-year, eight, five-year yeah. $80 million contract. He's a 3-and-D guy, super streaky, but a very yeah. good defender. 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, can guard uh, bigger perimeter wings. And Jalen yeah. Williams, that's not the really good Jalen Williams. They yeah, had two see, rookie Jalen Williams know, last year. I'm mad. This is the one from Arkansas, not the really good one. This is the nah. second Jalen Williams, <laughs> who's a versatile four. I don't, I don't, I don't love this trade as much, but I was just trying to find something I, that works. I like, I like the San Antonio trade and then the second Dallas trade. I like. I would do both of those. I would do the Dallas trade still. I like the San yeah. Antonio trade. The San Antonio trade, I think, gets San Antonio a lot better. A lot quicker. Yeah, yeah. Like I think that really makes a lot of sense. Pop doesn't have forever there. No. What do you think San Antonio or Dallas would make those trades? So I, when I went to do the Dallas pilot, yeah, 
I texted this guy, Nick, who's the Locked On Mavs podcast guy, who's phenomenal. Nick Angstad, if you haven't yeah. checked him out and you like the Mavericks, phenomenal. He's yeah, he got one of the top, top, top talent. He got the best podcast on Locked On. I asked Real him, talk. would you do the Tim Hardaway for Jared Allen trade? And he'd say, I would personally drive Tim Hardaway Jr. to the airport to make sure he got on that plane. Right. <laughs> so they would definitely do that. I asked him about the second one. And he's like, eh, it's a lot to give up for a center. But Luka, he needs a big guy. He needs a rim runner. He needs someone who can anchor the defense. And he gave me, I'd have to think on it. So at least that meant to me, it's plausible. It's plausible. And they got to do something with Luka. Like, they got to make Luka They can't yeah. come back with the same squad, yeah. bro. Like, it's just not happening. It like, could be one of those moves that shuffles things up on both yeah. ends for the sake of shuffling things up. Right. And the Spurs, I actually think it helps the Spurs more than it helps. Like, Jared Allen's by far the best player in that deal. Yeah. McDermott's a nice piece but you're getting three pieces for the one. Yeah. But I think that trade works the best maybe for both teams as how yeah, it would I like both that teams. trade. I like that. I like that one a lot. Um, yeah. Because like who's trade. the third player you're getting in that? Side Ken guy? Burke, who's another backup center. Yeah, he's, uh, he's okay. ready. And he can shoot a little bit. Can't shoot a little bit, but, but he's – But you get three useful players. Three useful Different pieces. levels yeah. of useful yes. players. Um, but you're doing that yeah. second Mavs trade. All right, nice okay. job, Mike. So, I, thank you. By the way, uh, this next year I'm going to set up G here because yeah. it was something I was looking at. My buddy Matt Culker, who I play basketball with, I asked him, hey, we're doing Jared Allen trades. Send me your trade. And he, uh, he suggested something that then G amplified. Okay. So I'm going to yeah. tell you what he suggested. Then we're going to pull up G's trade. G can explain his. Who is his. this guy, just a random dude? I play basketball with him, Matt. Okay. He watched the show every day. He's probably watching right. right now. What's up, What's Matt? What's up, Matt? We're going what up, Matt? tonight. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to trade Jared Allen for OG and an OB straight up. Yeah. They wouldn't do that. That's, no. that, I told them probably unrealistic. So then G came back, and G amplified that trade. Yeah, so G on steroids. Here's your here's your trade involving Jared Allen and uh, so, OG Ananobi. So here's the thing: like they want to get they want to get for the Raptors, they want to get Scotty Barnes. Now OG Ananobi is playing small forward, but Scotty Barnes Scotty Barnes plays small forward. Now you got two dudes. They they sometimes play a lineup where they play both of them, but once again. When you get a player like uh, Scotty Barnes, who's already rookie of the year, what happens is they start being, they start, their agents start looking at different things. Like, hold on, bro. He playing a lot of minutes at power forward. He is not a power forward. We see Scotty Barnes as a small forward. So they probably would not trade this. They would probably not trade uh, OG Ananobi straight up for Jared Allen. And the reason is, you know, um, that's just not enough going back. But if you are going to move Scotty Barnes directly to the small forward position, here's what we can do. We'll, we'll get you Isaac Okoro, who can now come off the bench. Yeah. And that can play behind Fred Van Vliet. If you want to guard somebody, Fred Van Vliet is kind of small, but Isaac Okoro can Van guard. Van Vliet's a free agent, by he, the way. It, okay. it, I think they'll keep him, right? Yeah, it's got a lot of interest. He's uh, going to get a bag. He's a terrible year. shooter. I don't like Van Vliet. But he's, he's a gonna, low percentage he's shooter. He's going to get a lot of money. I, I, if, you, if you them... I mean, yeah. you developed him into – he's an all-star, right? My yeah. first reaction to this is, again, like w when I talk baseball and football trades, I feel like I have a great sense of basketball. I don't feel as confident. But I will say that to me, if I'm Toronto, if I'm not willing to trade Ananobi for Jared Allen, Isaac Okoro and Dean Wade are not changing my mind. Well, they, they turned down two first-round picks at the deadline for mm -hmm. Ananobi. Right, like so, I'd rather have two first-round picks than that trio. I would tend Toronto. to agree. I, now, if you could do that trade, that makes the Cavs so much better. That, but, I just don't think uh, Toronto and, and by the way – I just don't think Toronto would do and it. By the way, if you do look at it, it makes uh, – I think of the trade machine, it makes the Cavs <laughs> six 
games better. Yeah, and, then, and it makes them five games worse. Plus, yeah. give, but, give, give them fourteen second round picks and those three yeah. guys. Let's go. Yeah, I, well, I would. I would definitely make. I, that I trade. would make that trade so fast if it was available. And I don't think it's. In, I don't think it's insane. It ain't crazy, crazy. No, it's like, not absurd. If you but the I, next I think two are absurd, Toronto absurd. Do it. Yeah, like I said, Toronto so you think was G has the best of the three trades between these guys. Uh, wait, just wait till you see. They they, they move some All pieces. Right, well, who we who we going? We're gonna go with Earl Earl's first, and then I'm last. But Anthony, before we go, real quick on the G thing. What do you mean Earl's first? G was first. I, well, well no, first before, before you go, I want to oh, say one look, thing real quick I, I'll before tell you, you go. The poll, is go. the poll is meaningless. Earl put it up at the beginning. He put Bull on there. Bull didn't even do a trade. I, well, <laughs> they all voted for everything before they even saw G's. I got, what? I got hold on. Earl, one, one, thing on G's trade. One, one thing on G's trade. If you could get Ananobi, that is the perfect, perfect. fit alongside yeah, I mean, Garland and Mitchell and, and Mobley. And, However, how it – I don't and think they have the assets Porter, to get. Who's if, a you're, shooter? if you're the Cavs, <laughs> it'd be awesome. You would, outside of the three best players, you would trade anything to get him. Anything, yeah. anything. And, and, anything. And, 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 I don't think the Cavs. And the Dean Wade thing, like they they signed Dean Wade to a deal. Theoretically, he is a, a shooter. Theoretically, uh, Isaac Okoro can guard three positions. It makes a little bit of sense. But if they wanted, if they wanted something besides <laughs> Dean Wade, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have a problem yeah. putting with. Now, if they had a first round pick, I think they take the deal. A first round pick, well, uh, pretend, but it definitely more appealing yeah. at that. All point. right, let's go to Earl's trade. Earl, Earl, what do you got? You ready? I was born ready. I ain't scared of y'all. <laughs> Hey, Earl, Earl told me he was working on this yesterday. He had to add a, a third team in. So let's see yeah. it. Earl, explain and tell me your thought process. Is it is it uh, uh, Dean Wade for LeBron James? Straight up. Whenever you're ready, you can take it. Let's go. What do we got? Oh, I can't read this. I'll, I'll tell you. The, oh, the Cleveland right Cavaliers what get Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. from the Rockets. The Rockets get Kleba, JaVale McGee, Josh Green, and Theo Pinson from the Mavs. And the Mavericks get Jared Allen, Washington Jr. and Deshaun Nix from the Rockets. Why on earth would the Rockets make this trade? First of all, let, why? No, no, no. Let Earl, Earl, it's your Go score. ahead. Go ahead. Well, yeah. first of all, go ain't ahead. none of us a GM, so I was having some fun. But <laughs> what, one of the things is the Cavaliers don't have nobody outside of uh, Donovan Mitchell <laughs> and Darius Garland that could go get a bucket. <laughs> and they ain't got nobody that got some heart. So you get a couple guys in here that can go get a bucket, and they got some heart, and maybe we can turn this thing around since but it ain't going to be no sweeping changes. It. What are the Mavericks getting in this trade? I mean, what are the Rockets getting in this trade? The Rock, the Rockets. By the way, Kevin Porter Jr. We gave him to the Rockets. The Rockets are giving away their two best players for Javale McGee. The Rockets are getting nothing, Earl. And 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 and, and the Cavs. Maxi Cleveland. That Kevin Porter Jr. literally was in Cleveland, but they yeah. said they had to get rid of him yeah. because it, I don't know he threw a soup at somebody or went no, crazy. That was, that was Jr. Or he, he was swinging on. It was a physical. No, he did some, He did oh, he multiple did, things. Physical to get him. altercations again, with like coaches. The Cavs screwed that up, and or yes. you know, I mean, Jason would know more about that, but. They yeah. did screw it up when they traded him. He turned out to be a better player than I would like than they to have him, and, and, but they just drafted, uh, what's his name, the other kid, Jalen Green. Yeah. yeah who, who are you also getting? They you're, just you're drafted getting, him. No, you're getting him in the trade, too. Earl. No, you're getting, the Cavs are getting Jalen Green. Green. What is Earl talking about? <laughs> hey, we need the players that can go get a bucket, man. So, I figured, the, hey. Earl, you, you like the fans here. The Rockets are getting up the second overall pick last year for Maxi Cleveland and JaVale McGee. <laughs> I need this one a short. I need this one a short. Oh my God! <laughs> right, Anthony's right, trade cannot be more unfair than that my one. Trade. <laughs> Y'all ready for this? Anthony, oh. take, Anthony, take it away. This can't take, be take tag board full. Oh, I'm making the oh Nuggets and I'm making the Cavs better. I'm trading 
Mitchell and Allen for Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon with the Nuggets. Straight up, those two. I realize my only hole here is I don't have a shooting guard now. Yeah, so I do am missing it too. But I don't think Mitchell's going to be here after next year anyways. Get rid of him for what we can. Porter Jr. can play that three position very well. I think that covers a lot of our gap there. Now, I could also have done this with trading a Coro and Dean Wade for just Porter Jr., but I wanted a rebounder as well if we move Mobley to the fifth. Okay, I don't know what's dumber. <laughs> the fact that this trade makes no sense <laughs> or the all. fact that he jumped. Please repeat what you just said. All of it? No, that last thing you just said. I think Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon can rebound, and no, I want to put Mobley at the fifth. You said... You said at the end you would trade Okoro <laughs> and Dean Wade and Dean Wade and Allen. Oh, sorry, all three of them. I I missed out. Allen in there too. Yeah. Oh, what? The Nuggets would never take it, but that was also a viable trade according to the trade See, machine. And I did this in the three Nuggets and a half are two wins morning. away from going to the NBA Finals. I completely forgot. And they're going to bust my up their team. Last night. And they're going to take Jared Allen <laughs> and pair him with Jokic. But just because. Because he wants Kevin Kevin Port or Aaron Gordon in the trade too. Let's just give up Donovan Mitchell. Like like, what is that? Hey, by the oh, way, you got me crying. Bro. This is this is why. I just like to say I went from twelve percent of the vote to now I got about nine. So I'm oh, going right over here. God, that is I don't terrible. understand. Here's what I'm gonna say, man. I spent so much time making real trades for y'all. Thank you. Like, I mean, Mikey worked hard the whole on his day. trade. I, listen, and and, I, and, and and just so I wouldn't lose hey, credibility, <laughs> just so I wouldn't yeah. lose credibility, I wanted, oh. I, I, I was going to get hyped and say I'm going to do a trade with James Harden for the Cavs. Yeah. And I got on the trade machine and realized oh. it was the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. The numbers didn't match. The teams was trash. I said, no, Mikey, I'm no. not doing a James Harden deal. I'll like, give you a Jared Allen deal, and that's it. G's trade at least is within the a scope of reality. Thought process. Those are two – those <laughs> – Trades that you two came up with are the two of the stupidest things I've ever the, seen. The Cavs get the number one overall. Can you believe they trust pick. us to run this show? The yeah. number one over Jalen Green and Porter. And Porter. Yeah, you think the Spurs would take a Kuro and Rubio for the number one pick? Yes. <laughs> They'd have to think about it. <laughs> think twice. I don't know. I'll throw in Dean right. Wade if wow. they really need to. We have so all those, gotten stupider. Those were our last trades, guys. Well, um, that's funny. So, yeah, uh, vote on it. What I love the creativity. Yeah, no, from the voting, you guys. the voting doesn't work. Earl okay. messed up the voting, but I will tell you guys. Wait, don't put anything on Earl after what you just presented. All right, so Earl got twenty-five percent of the vote. I got twelve. G got fifty-two percent, and Bull got twelve. <laughs> <laughs> what? I didn't think I didn't do anything. I don't know what Earl's doing over here. I'll tell you exactly what I did. I jumped in the chat from my own account and kind of threw some. Hey, I'm on the east side. Either you vote for my trade or stand a chance of pulling up on you after the show. Here's the funny thing. <laughs> uh, Earl's trade was so absurdly one-sided in the Cavs' favor that even our fan base, which is the biggest homer fan base in America, like, said, I can't pick that one. It's too homerish. I can't, I can't just get the number one overall pick from last. <laughs> For nothing. <laughs> For free. I'd just like to say real quick, Evan419, Earl and Ant, how high are you? And they, we respond, hi, how are you? <laughs> hey, well, we got... We got one thing to we end the show with. In there, yeah. Well, no, no. Oh this God. was UCSS wow. history. I'm making a note. Worst take. These two trades are going on the worst take of the year. Now, I know this is a little different, yeah, that's but fair. we're editing. Uh, we're going to end the show. We, pro we teased this in overtime yesterday. Yeah. And we showed a picture. We started overtime oh, yeah. with Bull from high school, right? I th yeah. And before we show the picture, you yeah. guys said, hey, we should roast Bull. So here's your chance. Yeah, Pull go. the picture up. We got three minutes. Anthony, this is Earl, me. This is scour me the my... chat. 
Let's roast me at my grandmother's house. Uh, by the way, my mother said to me that I didn't have a mullet, that there was something on the wall behind me, <laughs> and it looks like I had a mullet. I, hey, like, to, I like to believe you had a because, mullet. But I said, I said to my mother, I said, yeah, but it's fu- I, honestly, I didn't remember if I, I didn't remember ever having a mullet. But I said it's funnier if 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 I have a mullet. Boo. So show that picture again because I do look hilarious in that. <laughs> hey, bro, listen, you look like I you... was getting mad girls in that. No, I wasn't. <laughs> it looks I was like no girls. It looks like it looks like you had a '86 El Camino right there. Yeah, you look oh, like you... I had a '77 uh, uh, Caddy Coupe Deville. Oh, for real? You look like you hit when 137 a, uh, with six like home runs. Like <laughs> no, and my first baseball. car, my and, first and car, and the Dominican police. <laughs> right. My first car was a '76 Ford Monarch. And then I had a 77 Caddy Coupe DeVille. That car was, but I was like 20. I'm going to tell you what, I'll give you credit. You pulled it off. You could blend in. Like you could be Mexican right there. I can't be. You could be Puerto Rican. Yeah. You could be Italian. Yeah. You could be Greek. Jewish. 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 Like you, like you. I could be anything. Like you can be in, like any. I could be. Any nondescript. You You could even say like one of my parents was black. Not both. No, no like Not half. Like but I could be half or quarter. 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 Could be yep. quarter. Quarter bull is definitely quarter. I was, by the way, when I did my genealogy, and I, I was like hoping I'd be at least a little black. And, and I was, was not. I was very disappointed in that. I was like, that would be cool. And the man, percentage. Anthony, any, anything in the chat yet worth? Uh, uh, and I was disappointed. I was all, I I was mafia all boss Eastern European. Where's mafia my pizza? <laughs> oh, I want to hear it. So I didn't hear the first couple. Go ahead. Oh, uh, porn stash. A couple yep. of those. Oh, yeah. We got Mafia Boston training. Mario. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where's my pizza at? Yeah. Okay. Okay. It kind of like if Mario. Well, I, ate, well, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this one on air, so I won't. Yeah. Say, it. say it. As long as it's not the F they word. They trying Poon to get slayer? you. They trying to get <laughs> you out of here. Poon Slayer? Is that? Can I say that? Steve, you just don't did. Yell at me. You did. <laughs> I wish that was true. I mean, I wish I was, but I didn't get laid in high school. <laughs> like, uh, I lost my virginity. I actually did lose my virginity two weeks before I graduated high school. It was on my 18th birthday. On my 18th birthday, I lost my virginity. Congratulations. So her name was Rita. I couldn't pick her out of a lineup if she walked past me. <laughs> By the way, crazy. here's a funny story about Rita, the girl I lost my virginity to. She's Puerto Rican. She's very beautiful. Uh, my dad was dating her mom. <laughs> Hold on. How long? <laughs> Just a couple, like a couple months. Okay, listen. If this That's was a, met. if this was a long term situation, no, no, no. And like, it's not like we were brother and sister. Hey, listen, that don't count. Listen, get rid of that. All that in right stuff. Time. Oh, we'll listen. continue to roast bowling overtime. Viewer questions coming up next. We'll see y'all. See ya. Peace. Later. All right, let's start overtime right away. If you, I, if you go-